What's going on? What's going on? Entertain the geeky. There's not two fives, guys. <laughs> there's if, not. If you were counting down, there's one five. Um, <laughs> the audience is going to have no context. They have no idea, but that's why that's why I did it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week. I get a phone call from Jason, and he's like, hey, we need to talk about something. And I'm like, oh, no, are we breaking up? <laughs> and he's like, previews. We need to talk about previews. And I was like, that's a great idea. It's just a lot. I mean, when they, you know, every now and again, you get a preview book that just has a lot of new stuff in it. And right. August was definitely one of those August stuff going on sale in October. Has a lot of new things. And, you know, number twos of some other things that are still pretty fairly new heck yeah but marvel's cover story is uh, a new jonathan hickman book uh, it's called gods and there's a period between or it, it, after each letter and i have no idea what that means but <laughs> good odds dogs I, I don't, I don't soldiers know. <laughs> i don't know but they got some preview pages in the beginning of the catalog uh that show off valerio shidi's art which is just fantastic and going to be great. But uh, this book is going to kind of be um, magic versus the natural order of things. Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange is one of the main characters of the story. It, it, it lists, it's Jonathan Hickman reinvents the cosmology of the Marvel Universe. And so when you need something new, it's kind of crazy. thing, yeah. Give it to Hickman. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you want things to be a little bit different? I got you. But it seems interesting. It's, uh, you know, uh, it says, it asks, what happens when the powers that be meet the natural order of things? So it's magic versus the laws of reality, I guess. That's what it sounds like. Know, it sounds that way, right? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but anytime Jonathan Hickman puts his name on something, anything, whether it's a Marvel book, a DC book, or any kind of other independent book, image, any of that stuff, it gets freaking you awesome. You should pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guy seems to have his finger on the pulse, man. I don't know how he, everything he does just kind of turns to gold. Got that Midas touch. He kind of is that that golden comic book writer. Yeah, they they, they, they always kind of bring him on when they want to reinvigorate parts of their line. Oh, right? yeah. So he did Fantastic Four, which kind of launched that into a, a, a new echelon. Uh, he did Avengers when they did the Secret Wars, Time Runs Out, all of that, when the Earths were colliding. A lot of that stuff is actually ending up in movies. I mean, Jonathan Hickman is credited with creating the Black Order, Thanos' children, which we all know were in Black Infinity, Vortex, War and right? Infinity War and Endgame. Okay, yeah, that, that the series, with was it Black Vortex? Was the series that they were in? No, 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 it was... Which, uh... Uh, Avengers. It was Infinity. Okay, it was Infinity. Infinity was okay, the, okay. the miniseries where they first debuted. What the hell was Black Vortex? Black Vortex is a book that had Corvus Glaive in it. Okay, that came later. That's what I was thinking of yeah, the yeah, Corvus Glaive later. story. There. Okay, that's yeah, what yeah. I was getting confused. Corvus Glaive first appeared in the Avengers Free Comic Book Day uh, issue, which drove the price of that book way high. As soon as he, uh, as soon as they were talking about putting him in a movie, man, right. people lost their minds trying to get a hold of that book. <laughs> I actually sold That's a couple right. of copies right around that time, too, because <laughs> I had, like, four or five of them. <laughs> like, might as well. I just always grab a few copies of free comic book day thing, especially when I was an employee. You know, right. Nobody cares. <laughs> now they're like, do it. Um, 
But uh, Alyssa Wong and uh, John Basaluda are also launching a new Captain Marvel book. Captain Marvel's been an interesting character because they, it, while there are runs that are popular, while there are runs that uh, kind of take advantage of the character, it kind of seems like they don't know what to do with her a lot of the times because of how powerful she is. Yep. I think it's the Superman problem, right, is, is how do you challenge someone who's basically a god? Yeah, how do we make it interesting? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to that one. I always like Captain Marvel, and it, it will coincide with the new Captain Marvel movie coming out in November. Still, I think, still coming out in November. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, the the writer strike, and we talked about that previously. It, yeah, it's kind of thrown things off, shuffling all the schedules all around over the place. Yeah, so I don't really know <laughs> if that movie's still intending to come out, or if they'll release it earlier or later or whatever. But it's supposed to come out this year. So new book, new movie. Kind of seems a good time. It's freaking exciting. They're also highlighting another character. One of the things that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead a little bit, because one of the things that is bothersome from a retailer standpoint uh, is when previews doesn't want to give you any information about a thing that you have to order. I just had to order number three of a book without any knowledge of what number one and two were. <laughs> they haven't come out yet. Number one actually comes out next week. Uh, but so you get things like this, where it just says Classified. And, and the description just says, stay tuned for more information, including the actual title, in July. That didn't happen. It wasn't until August that we actually understood what this book was. And I just hate it. I hate that. It's bad enough having to order number two of a book before number one has even hit the shelf, right? Because you right. have no idea if it's going to be popular, if somebody's going to enjoy it, if it's going to be, you know, a dud, whatever it is. So already you're in a bad position having to order the second issue of a book before you even know if the first one's popular. But when they do things like this, it, you're just like, oh, what, God, what, what do you expect what is, me to what do? What is happening right? Like, right now? You expect me to order books with no knowledge. I'm supposed to be your partner, Marvel, your retail partner, because that, that's what I do. I am a comic book retailer. Uh, in my everyday life. Right. But uh, we do know that uh, to coincide with, as I was just talking about the Captain Marvel book kind of coming out right around the time the Captain Marvel movie is coming out, uh, we do know that Miss Marvel is going to be in that movie. It's going to be her big screen debut mm -hmm. after her TV show on Disney+, Plus, which is great. If you haven't watched it, uh, one of the things I talked about at the time, I think the reason it resonated with me is because it was the first time a character that had been created in our generation to right. the center stage. Uh, you know, Iron Man, Black Widow, Captain they're America. They're They're great. They're, mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with those characters, but we were not alive when those characters were conceived right. of and created and, and started printing comics. Uh, so yeah, Miss Marvel was the first time a character, like I have Miss Marvel's first appearance in right. my collection. You know what I mean? Um, so that was kind of cool. I mean, we kind of um, had Deadpool. Deadpool was 92, I think. Yeah, I guess. I was talking about the MCU specifically, though. Okay, gotcha. My yeah. bad. Oopsie. Uh, Deadpool, yeah, I mean, uh, that's true. I, I do have the first. It was 94, I think. Was it 94? New Mutants, okay. 98. Um, so, yeah, I guess. I was, yeah, I was thinking in the MCU echelon. Sure. But, yeah. Uh, it was just one of those things where we were there when this character began. Right. Working in a comic shop, as a matter of fact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was actually working at a comic shop when Miss Marvel first yeah, debuted. I, I, I was as well when oh, she yeah. first popped up. Yeah, yeah. That was freaking... It was different. It was wild. I remember getting... Uh, I remember getting Tara Miss Marvel 1 because she was a Captain Marvel fan. Well, that's actually not her first appearance. No, I know that's not Captain her first Marvel appearance. Captain Marvel... 
I don't remember the number. Yes. It's technically her first appearance. I know it's not her first yeah, appearance, yeah. but she was, she was like, oh, this is a this is a good jumping on point for the series because sure. it's a yeah, number yeah. one. Absolutely. Jump on on a number one. Yeah. They, character they, debuted in another character's comic, became mm-hmm. popular, spun off into their own and series. Then just, shoof, yeah. And yeah, Miss Marvel has retained that popularity in uh, comic books since then. Yeah, they've done a good job with her. Yeah, and the little girl who plays her, uh, Iman Vellani, is adorable. I mean, she's amazing. She's living her best little girl nerd life right now. I mean, she's a kid who dressed up as Miss Marvel for Halloween when she was a child. Right. You know what I mean? Because it was a it, it was a character that, you know, one of the things I think comics have always done so well, and we've talked about this on the show before, is everybody can see themselves in someone, right? There is a character that's you. And it just resonated and with this And it resonates girl. with you. Mm-hmm. And she liked the character. Not only does she get to play the character, she's actually, what this classified book is, is Miss Marvel, the new mutant. Mm-hmm. So in the television show, I'm going to get into a little spoilery territory for a sec. In the television show, it is revealed that she is a mutant. Yeah. Uh, they Before even had that, that we were we were led to believe she was an inhuman, inhuman because of yeah. this other thing that was going on. Well, in the it was world. 20th Century Fox yes. had the rights to the X Men, and Marvel didn't want to give them any more right. fodder uh, to use against them. So they made her an inhuman at a time when they were trying to turn the Inhumans kind of into the X Men characters. Right. Uh, but the uh, original intention for the character was to be a mutant. It was pitched that way, and they were like, "No, no, 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 inhuman. How about that?" We don't do so we went anymore. down that road. Yeah, so we went down that road with the character, um, but the Krakoan era kind of provided an interesting way for uh, them to kind of get the character back on the track they always wanted the character to be on. Right. So that's what the classified book is. That's why they weren't revealing it um, because they killed Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel died in Amazing Spider-Man thirty-five, thirty-six, mm-hmm. one of those books, and. They did a little one-shot called uh, Fallen Friend. That was kind of how uh, everybody was kind of dealing with this. Um, But Krakoa has resurrected her. She's going to be a mutant now. Uh, I'm not really exactly sure how they're going to explain that uh, in humans. We were confused about this whole inhuman concept. They, too, were mutants. It was not just the gassy gas. They are a mutation that is... That is for so sure. correct. But it's not a mutation that's naturally occurring. It's a mutation that was created Brought by on the by Kree. This, yes. Yeah. So, uh, roundabout way of saying, though, they're finally getting the character back in. Now, the cool thing about that is Iman Vellani, the girl who plays Miss Marvel, is actually co-writing the book. So, again, she's kind of living her best nerd that's life so right now. so fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. How cool would it be, like, if, if at any point they were like, Chris... Fucking cut your hair. We're gonna let you play Spider Man, and then you get to write him for six months. And then you want to write a Spider Man book. And I'd be like, fucking done. There's been a couple of examples of that recently. Um, Riddler Year One was going on. It was a six issue miniseries written by Paul Dano, uh, which was a prelude to. I mean, the the book literally ends where the Batman begins, where the movie starts. Um, the the movie with uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, yeah. Um, so they kind of they let Paul Dano kind of decide how this character got to the point we saw him. Where at we there. met him, yeah, yes. yeah. It's really an interesting book. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. There was another one. Oh, uh, Steel. Uh, Michael Dorn is writing a Steel book. That's Michael Dorn. Wild man. Worf, if you're unfamiliar, uh, actually voiced Steel back in the old Justice yeah. League cartoon. So he was writing a book called Steelworks, a six-issue miniseries about John Henry Irons. Yeah. 
<laughs> so there's been a few examples recently of Dang. celebrities writing comics. Right. Um, so yeah, Mon Valani is is uh, co-writing. It's not the sole writing credit. Right. Uh, I, I'm sure they have to like keep her within the uh, you know within the spectrum of what they're trying to do. Yeah, I'm assuming the, the the writer that actually works for Marvel is saying, okay, so this is how Marvel wants this to work, but we have freedom here, here, and yeah. here what can you to do? explore what yeah. we want to do and how this character is going to be perceived as a mutant now. Um, so yeah, the big mystery revealed that was uh, Miss Marvel, the new mutant. Uh, number one actually comes out uh, this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to read it. Uh, I like Amon Valani a lot. I think uh, not only is she just an amazing human being, but she did a great job playing the character. And I'm excited to see her get her big screen debut. And this is kind of uh, the first time we're actually seeing one of these things happen, right? So the the, the thought of Disney Plus was always to hey, we're going to do little TV shows. Mm-hmm. And, and then eventually those, those TV show characters will graduate into a movie role. Um, so this is kind of the first one where we're seeing right, characters it, that were first introduced to us in television shows, i.e. Miss Marvel and uh, Monica Rambeau. Well, we always had that hope for Daredevil and the Punisher. And, like, we get a yeah. little cameo. Yeah. Uh, but not, not you know, Daredevil and Spider-Man together. I think you're going to see that before too long. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah, with the, with the, with the Daredevil sure Born Again television show. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's stopped. Its production has stopped right now because of the strike. Right. But, but uh, it is destined. But it will happen. They are they are bringing back uh, Charlie Cox. They're bringing back John Barenthal, and they're bringing back uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. You, I mean, you would be doing yourself a massive disservice if you did not, because no, the, I agree. The original yeah. series were so good that they did on Netflix. I, I think there was there was problems in those original series because. Early on, you could see they were trying to say, yeah, this is the MCU, right? But they There's, couldn't just come out and say it. But they couldn't have any kind of cross-promotion with the characters. And after that first season, those references just stopped. Right. It was almost like the television side said, no, no links to the MCU, none of that. Well, I mean, I'm sure they were just like, dude, fuck it, because what if what if we get delayed or something like that, and then we're not sure. with the current continuity? We but, they, but, but their continuity never had anything to do with what was happening in the MCU anyway. I mean, yeah, but they did talk about, like, in season one, season one of Daredevil, that is, I remember them talking about, you know, the events in New York. They talked and, about the Battle of New York. Mm-hmm. They called it the... Uh, they had a name for it. But then... Uh, there is also um, a, a throwaway line from Wesley, Kingpin's kind of assistant guy, where he's talking to the Russians, and uh, he says something to the effect of, "Maybe if he had a, maybe I could understand if he had an iron suit or a magic hammer. Right. That would explain why you keep getting your asses kicked, right?" So there was connective tissue in those in that first season, right? But it stopped after that. They, no, it, they it never totally did that stopped. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it totally stopped. I mean, but the the series were. Very, very good. Oh, like, series are great. Yeah, I mean, I think not all of them were great. I think Daredevil was pretty consistent throughout. Daredevil was good throughout. The problem, was cool. the problem with Daredevil is it expected you to watch Defenders, and Defenders was just not very good. Right. Because Defenders what happens to Matt between season two and three of Daredevil is Defenders, right? So when we come into season three, if you didn't watch Defenders, you're going to be like, well, what the hell happened to Matt? Why is he all beat up and almost dead? Because he definitely is, right? right like right. Because of the building collapsing on top of him at the end of Defenders. <laughs> uh, I think Punisher was good. Now, I don't think that the series in and of itself was very good. I think Barenthal really just sells the character very carried well. Carried it, you think? Yeah, I think he carried most of that. Hmm. Uh, that's not to say that there weren't some some 
good actors in the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the reason to watch it was because of him. When we when we when we did the first season of that show, we introduced Micro, who's in the comics, kind of his sidekick. Mm-hmm. If Punisher has a sidekick, I mean, it's a weird way to say it. <laughs> he's just some guy that Punisher relies on because he's a hacker and he can get him information and money right. and all the things he might need. Um, but by the end of that se- that first season, Micro's gone. He's out of the story. He's got his family back. He's gonna go and he's gonna be a family man. Right. Going into the second season, yeah, I didn't miss him. No, not right? at all. He didn't, I mean, he's a great actor, and he did a great job playing the character, but it wasn't impactful enough, and Barenthal's performance is so powerful, you just don't really need to have those recurring characters. Like you do in Daredevil. Right. You want to see Karen. You, you want to see, see the Nightmares. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punisher's not like that, right? Like, no, when you all, drop when, that guy, it's not really like you're missing anything. When you watch The Punisher, you want to see that fucking one crazy guy going out yeah. there and doing what crazy people do. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But yeah, you don't give a shit how he gets there. You're like, no, put yourself in a crazy spot. Right. So that was a roundabout way of saying, though, like, they are, uh, you know, this, this, the Marvels in November will be the first time we've seen some of these television people graduate into a, a movie role. And Which I'm excited about super that. Super exciting. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, because I've mentioned it so many times on the show, uh, it's true. Hickman is bringing back the ultimate universe. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he ends up writing any of the books or not, I don't really care. He's writing the one shot, this, this, this ultimate universe, this thing here. Ooh, I don't know if you can see that, uh, is a one shot that is going to kind of serve as an epilogue to... Ultimate Invasion, mm-hmm. which is almost finished up. There's two more issues, I believe. Uh, and a prelude to a new line of Ultimate books, which uh, as soon as I get my Marvel previews for September, which I should get this week, I'll be able to tell you for sure. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> but uh, we know that this world is not 1610. We right. know that the maker is trying to turn a random universe that he's calling home into the ultimate universe right. and control it and through some time travel and some different things. Um, but we know that events here, at least from what we've seen so far, events here are happening very differently. Uh, just one big example that springs to mind that happened in issue two. Uh, we recreate the moment from issue one, not issue one, issue two of Ultimates where Iron Man is flying through the city, testing an armor, and the butler, someone asks him a question, and the butler says, yeah, I don't think he considers it a successful test unless he waves at every single lady in every building along the path from here to the the Stark Tower. (laughs) Uh, And when he gets back, and I mean, everything is presented, everything is presented exactly the same way, except that when we reveal who's inside the armor, it's Howard, not Tony. We talked about that, I think, last episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I don't know that if that's going to be the case going forward. I mean, I don't really think you can, you know, if you're pulling a guy from the ice, that's captain America, it's Steve. If a Norse God is coming down to earth, it's Thor. Right. So those kinds of things seem constant, but the Iron Man thing, I guess you could shift it and really, and you could probably still get the same uh, effect because what we see in his dad is the same kind of guy. Right. Even as that same line where, the butler brings him a martini and some military guy says a martini it's 10 a.m and he goes not in moscow and he drinks his martini (laughs) so could that rich 
sexist playboy guy in a suit of armor be the same, whether it's Tony or Howard? Yeah, it probably would be just the same, right? <laughs> Howard was that guy too. Tony got it from Howard, right? right. Like, so. like father, like son, you know? Yeah. So I don't know how much of it will be what we know. Uh, I don't know how much of it will be the same as what we saw in the old Ultimate Universe. We do know this is a different designated universe entirely. It's not 1610. Uh, it's 61602 or so, I don't know. Some, okay. weird, some weird thing. It's huh. got the 616 in there. But of course A, a couple does, of yeah. other numbers. Yeah. Um, but either way, I'm here. I'm, I'm in. I, I can't wait. About it. <laughs> About it. Uh, so another one that popped up recently they did, Dan Slott has been doing a Spider-Man book with Mark Bagley, mm-hmm. uh, which is great to see those guys back together again doing a, doing a Spider-Man book. And during that book, the first arc was called End of Spider-Verse, uh, which is, seems uh, stupid. So, you know, don't shoot the golden goose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Spider-Verse has made them a lot of money that's and success. The, I was going to say, that's been one of the best things that's happened to Spider-Man yes, in the last 30 years. Absolutely. Um, but during that story, Peter Prime, or 616 Peter, right. uh, got wiped from existence. Now, he was reborn uh, as Dr. Peter Parker, having never gotten bit by the spider, and, and ultimately he's fine, and it ends, and he's Spider-Man again, whatever. Right. But throughout that story, or, or toward the end of that story, uh, a character popped up called Spider-Boy, and he's a weird little kid. Extra eye things on his in a spider costume. costume, yeah, and sneakers because that means you are a child. That's right. how that's how they keep Miles Morales you know. young. Yeah, yeah, that's how you know you get to put the sneakers <laughs> on there. Uh, and when he popped up, they were like, "Who the hell are you?" And he was like, "Are you kidding? I've been your sidekick for ten years. You don't remember me?" So it's a retcon in a way to say. Something has gone wrong with Peter where he forgot that he had a sidekick. Uh, this is a sidekick, though, that, that we've just never known, right? I mean, the way they describe him uh, sp- after the events of the end of Spider-Verse, Spider-Boy's secret history as Spider-Man's sidekick was nearly forgotten forever. But now the mysteries will be revealed. So Spider-Man had a secret sidekick that we just never knew about. <laughs> <laughs> I've not and, let you guys know this for the last 60 years. It didn't seem like right. pertinent information. <laughs> well, and in and of itself, it's a retcon, right? It is, and, it and, is. and it's, uh, but it seems interesting, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I like spider I stuff. I mean, shit, dude, I'll totally read it. Yeah, yeah, I, like I mean, you know, you know stuff. me, I'll read the spider books. Yeah, I know. Uh, in fact, that's, that's one of the things we need to talk about is the return of, I think, what is probably one of your favorite spider books. Superior, Superior Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man is, is coming back. Ooh. It's weird to see, but yeah, Superior Spider-Man. Seeing the fucking claws. With his claws. and like eyeglasses. Yeah, and it's because he was Otto, right? Yeah. And even though he was in someone else's body, apparently he still couldn't see good. (laughs) It's that or he's like, I got to super zoom into this shit. I guess. I don't really know. But uh, Dan Slott is going to write it again. Uh, Giuseppe, Kim, and Coley. The the artists that are listed on this first issue, because this is a one-shot, are Giuseppe, Kim, and Coley. Uh, Humberto Ramos, Mark Bagley, and Ryan Stegman. I believe. I've in fucking Stegman, one of my favorites. Yeah, for I believe Spider-Man. Ryan Stegman is the one who did the original Superior Spider-Man. He did. So, right. so he was the artist when they started it. I think they got yeah, away from him. Yeah, that and then he was last. also he was also the artist on uh, Scarlet Spider, which is my favorite series. Yeah, so yeah. Well, and fucking he's, he's love Ryan Stegman. He, he's also uh, he did 
Venom when Donny Cates was writing Venom. He did. Yeah, yeah, he was doing. At the very least, he always did the covers, whether or not he was always the one doing the interiors. Right. And they just brought him back for special things after the initial run. Well, his covers are the shit. I think he does my oh, favorite no, covers. This cover is Stegman, yeah. This, yeah, and this, that's this, for sure him. This cover is Stegman. That's this, for sure him. This one on the on the page here. Um <coughs> You're a <laughs> fucking nerd when you can tell who's drawing your covers. Yeah, yeah, I'm a weirdo though. Like that. I, I, with Stegman, he sticks out like a sore thumb to me. I'm like, that's Stegman. <laughs> um, they, uh, so there is, there has been a She-Hulk book going on that's been fantastic. Yeah. Why they are relaunching it, who knows? But they are relaunching it as a sensational She-Hulk. And again, I don't really know why it's the same creative team. Because number one, sell more books, bitches. Rainbow That's Rowell. That's why. Rainbow Rowell is still the one writing it. So I'm not really sure why she, why they're having her relaunch a book she's already been writing. I told now, you why. <laughs> well, okay, number one, sell. Truth be told, this is going to be Sensational She-Hulk, which was the title of her book for a long time. The other one was just She-Hulk. And they used that book to reintroduce Jack of Hearts. Uh, that's a deep cut. If you're if you're not familiar, uh, Jack of Hearts is a, an old Avengers character. I think he was on the West Coast West team, Coast Avengers, if yeah. I remember yeah. right. But uh, when they did Avengers, dis- he died. And when they did Avengers disassembled, the whole thing kicked off with him like coming back as a zombie and then exploding and blowing up Avengers Mansion and killing like Hawkeye and a bunch of other people. They had it coming. The Vision died that day too. Yeah. Uh, Ultron was reborn. <laughs> it was a whole crazy thing that Brian Michael Bendis did. But the She-Hulk book that has been exploring uh, uh, Jack of Hearts kind of being reborn and coming back into this world, She-Hulk, Jennifer was always the one that was close to him. I think they dated for a while. Um, And so when he came back and he didn't know what was going on and he didn't know what had happened, he went to her. And so that book's kind of been exploring their uh, relationship, kind of her trying to help him reacclimate to being alive, being an alive person in the world. so while the, while the current She-Hulk book has not ended yet, uh, I would assume maybe that's why the relaunch is happening because we're, we're going to wrap up the Jack of Hearts story and then we're going to take it into a new direction. But again, same creative team. So right. I imagine the quality of the book will still be way up there because it's a great book. Then you uh, guys can get your number one. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this is really it's about. It's a jumping on point. That's what they call it. Uh... A couple of things to mention real quick. The White Widow is uh, Yelena Belova's back. Uh, I imagine that's because she's going to be the Widow going forward in the movies. Of course. It, now, so. it's, I have to say, man, like when the MCU started and it was, it was this entity in and of itself, and they, they were like, well, we're going to be borrowing from this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, it's its own thing, though, so you have to treat it like it's its own thing. It, it took its early inspiration from the Ultimate Universe. I'm not, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm not denying that yeah. whatsoever. But then to take it and to be like, all right, man, look, get them all here. I guess it makes sense, though, because you're going to sell more comics if that character is well, uh, relevant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all about synergy. Uh, after Guardians of the Galaxy became a hit, Star-Lord in the comics started dressing like Chris Pratt, so... It's synergy. I think it's so. It's so. If I saw that movie and it made me go, you know, I kind of want to go into a comic store, I would immediately recognize the thing I was there for. Oh, right. there he is. There's Star Lord, right? Chris Pratt and comic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. It's and and Yelena is gonna be. Uh, 
the widow going forward. Not only that, she's going to be in the Thunderbolts movie that's going to be coming out next yeah, year. Yeah, she is, and so is David Harbour. Yeah, as uh, <laughs> Red Guardian. Uh, so yeah, that should be fun. Um, uh, Carnage is being relaunched. Uh, again, I was, we do this all the time with I don't, Carnage. Yeah, I don't really know why the current series that Rom V's been doing has been great. I'm not really sure. Unless it's to set up some kind of future event or something. I'd imagine something I'm like sure. that. Uh, this, yeah, this was actually launched or previewed in the last previews. This is number two here. But because Marvel has the 20th Century Fox stuff now, uh, which is just 20th Century Studios now. They took the Fox out. And it's studios. Um They've been doing Alien books. They've been doing Predator books. They've been doing Planet of the Apes books. They've actually all been pretty decent so far. I mean, some have been better than others. It's really just about using the properties, though. Yeah. Yeah, the first arc of Predator was better than the current arc that's going on. Uh, but that's not to say the current arc's bad. It just, the, the way they introduced it was like, oh, this is great. Where, where, where did this come from? You know, why hasn't this been a Predator movie? This is a great movie. Um, but so it was only a matter of time. It really was only a matter of time before 20th Century Studios properties would cross over with Marvel properties. And so last month we saw a preview for Predator versus Wolverine. Yeah. Which well, I mean, that's a everybody's cool thing they always crossover. wanted to see, right? Yeah, that's a cool crossover, <laughs> though. I'll give them that. Uh, and Ben Percy's writing it, uh, which is interesting because he's the one currently writing Wolverine. He's been writing X-Force. Um, both great books. Books it, that have been really doing very good. Is it just going to be... Is it like a two-part? It's a four-issue miniseries. Okay, so it's a four-issue. But what I think is an it's interesting premise. I'll bet. What, what I think is an interesting premise, though, is the book, each issue of the book is going to be a different era because Wolverine is a guy who's lived for hundreds of years. Right. So it's about the first issue is him during his Weapon X stuff when he's all wild. He's got the, the headset on, mm -hmm. you know, and then he encounters a predator there. This book is when he was part of... Uh, task Force, uh, Whatever, yeah. uh, what the hell was that? Weapon X. Mm -hmm. When he was part of Weapon X and he was like a contracted government killer and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then I imagine eventually, whether it's issue three or four, we'll, we'll get, get to X-Men Wolverine yeah. dealing with Predator. Uh, so the, yeah, it's an interesting premise to kind of jump eras. The, it is cool because what if they were, so this is like a proving grounds for them. So what if, yeah. what if, you know, the, the thing that they have to prove themselves against and the thing all along was always Logan. Right. That'd be Wolverine just keeps getting in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, you can kill this, you're you're the man. That's what right. that means. I, or the, the fucking vagina face or whatever we call you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of all the new stuff that was popping up in Marvel. Um, it, it's fitting that we just talked about Predator versus Wolverine because not to be outdone, DC is launching Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. So... <laughs> and this is, this is what Justice League did. Not to be outdone. DC did. This is what they did. They said, oh, we see your puny predator. We'll raise you two fucking kaiju. Godzilla and Kong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The most popular ones ever. <laughs> What's up, bitch? And then they mic dropped. You're right. <laughs> now, this one, look, while I think the Predator Wolverine thing has an interesting premise, they found an interesting way. I mean, I don't know. I haven't read the first issue yet, but... Seems like they found an interesting way to tell the mm -hmm. story with the time jumping and kind of seeing Wolverine in different eras. I don't know that I care about Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, I'm going to read it because I like Brian Busoletto, but 
it doesn't the premise doesn't seem as interesting as as fucking Predator and Wolverine. Right, because Godzilla versus Superman. Yeah, Superman's gonna win that fight. Yeah. Superman versus King Kong. Yeah, Superman's gonna win that fight. Right. You be a big kaiju monster all you want. This is an alien man who's indestructible. We're, we're talking about... It's basically if Jesus Christ himself was here to fight you, that's what well, Superman this is. The thing, is. Right? Like, Superman could literally let Godzilla swallow him and then just burn his way out yes. of his stomach yes. with his laser or, beam eyes. Or he could freeze him with fucking frost breath yeah. and then punch him and he would explode into a million crystals. I And, and, and you could say, oh, Wolverine's kind of got that going on too. Yes, you're right. But Wolverine also can be damaged so much that it would take his body literally hours to regenerate. Or, you can't damage Superman. Or years. Right. No, no, not years. Hours. Hours? The healing I, factor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm thinking, healer, I'm thinking healing factor, but uh, when Magneto ripped his shit out back in the 90s, he was fucked up bad and so, almost died. So that was a very different scenario, but it also didn't take long for his healing factor to kick in. Now... I will say there was a moment where Wolverine regenerated from just a finger, and that took a day. Just one day. Okay, that's from not his so finger. bad. That's right. not so, so bad. So, yeah, like, I think that the adamantium skeleton getting ripped out, what they, at the time, Scrambled what they said. brains or yeah, something. Yeah, it, like, sent his healing factor into this weird overdrive mode where it just wasn't really sure what to do because it had become so accustomed to the adamantium poisoning being something that it was constantly working to keep from mm. killing him, right? Because any other person... Would be dead. You'd die. Yes. Adamantium would poison your blood and you'd be dead. That's mm-hmm. what happened to all the test subjects until they got to Wolverine. Right. <laughs> um, but so, yes, I just... Like, look, the Predator is definitely capable of saying, I have defeated Wolverine, right? I made him when have a bad no day. When you can no longer get up and fight me and I'm still standing, you've lost the fight. It's much harder to do that to Superman. Right. Unless you got magic or kryptonite. And I don't think Kong or Godzilla got either of those things. What we're going to find out is Godzilla spike things up and down his are back. Are made of kryptonite? Are made of kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a kryptonite-lined stomach. But I, so either way, I, I, I'll i read it, right? I'm, I'm, right? I'm excited. I like comic books. I'm excited to check it out. I just don't know that the Justice League as a team... Uh, Kong and Godzilla can actually challenge that strength that they have. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll find out. So I w- here's one of the things that I want to know, because James Gunn is trying to keep all this continuity. Like, Well, well he hasn't even started yet, so I we don't know, even know. <laughs> but I'm like, man, how the fuck are you going to do this? Because King, Go- King Kong, Godzilla are showing up and all this well, shit. Well, that's You're gonna- comic books. That's I, different from I what he's know. doing on the big screen. But I didn't know if he was going to be trying to bring some of the uh, big screen stuff into the comics and try to keep all that cohesive as well. I don't think that there's going to be as much okay. synergy as we, okay. as we expect. I think that the comics will still exist kind of as their own thing. Now, he has promised that animation things will tie into it. Yes. Uh, video game things mm-hmm. potentially. I'm not really sure how you, how you work that in, but he hasn't mentioned anything about comics. Comics will still be comics. Uh, and that's, and you can say that with the MCU too. The, the MCU comics, they're not the, exactly the, the same. The MCU yeah. versus the Marvel comics. They're not the same. Right. In any way, because these people have different histories than right. the characters in the MCU do. Right. So, while they might look similar, while we dress this character the same as he appears on screen, his motivations and the, the journey that he's had are completely different. And they always will be. We're not going to f- 
change that to Yeah, we're not going to change 15 or 20 years of MCU. I mean, yeah, some of this stuff, 70... I mean, Captain America was a a character in the 1940s. Right. We're not altering that to fit with this. Right. We will let this inspire that, but not vice versa. Right. That will not inspire this. Makes sense. Yeah. And there are certain characters, I think, that are just sacred in that way, that you just... There's too much to try to have that synergy. Now, that's not to say you can't write comics that take place in the MCU, because they've done that before. Sure. They did that Nick Fury's Big Week, which was a miniseries that was intended to show how the Phase 1 movies all happened in the same week. (laughs) Fury had a huge week. They started with finding Captain America in the ice. Then all the shit went down with Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Then they found Thor's hammer in New Mexico uh, and Incredible Hulk's in there somewhere, too. (laughs) It all happened in one week. Fury had a really big week. <laughs> and that was the comic. It was called Fury's Big Week. Could you imagine being the guy? Yeah, the Fury that goes in there and has to clean up all that bullshit. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Um, so DC. There's not, yeah, there's not a lot new uh, as far as DC stuff goes. Most of it's just kind of continuing dawn of DC. They, we, we talked about this in a previous episode. They took a break for two months to tell this night terror story that should have been done in October and and yes absolutely should have been done in October because it's a freaky story with monsters and nightmares right. and shit like that it just felt like a Halloween Marvel story. got the memo they're bringing zombies back for Halloween yeah yeah we yeah, were talking on, about that but yeah the Marvel zombies are coming back for October uh but so a lot of this in the DC previews is just okay now we're back to regular DC releases the dawn of DC stuff the new Superman book and the new and but those aren't brand new they've been going on right. for a while although Superman is about to hit its 7 8 wait what was it 8 850th issue shit number 7 of the new Superman run will actually be 850 of Superman as a character Throughout the years. That's fucking crazy. That's its legacy number. <laughs> but the thing I want to highlight uh, in DC is recently they started doing a Justice Society book that stars uh, Huntress. And it's got some weird time travel stuff, uh, modern day Justice Society crossing paths with Golden Age Justice Society. Ultimately, you know, when Bendis came over to, to work with DC, Two things he wanted to get back into the story were the Legion of Superheroes, which he did, and the Justice Society, which he kind of laid the groundwork for, but let other people kind of go from there. Like the Justice Society book, I think, is being written by Jeff Johns, if I remember right. I mean, totally fair guy. To Jeff do Johns, it, he's Mikhail good. Janine, yeah. 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 Uh, so we're finally to the point where those seeds that he's sown are finally going to start to bear fruit. Uh, with the launch of three brand new books, uh, Wesley Dodd's Sandman, which uh, is, is it's hard to see. This guy here, he wears a gas mask. He kind of like when Neil Gaiman did the original Sandman, uh, they, uh, I, I, it, he had, he basically had a request, like, can I make a new character that has the same name? And they were like, yeah, sure. But they initially had thought what he was talking about was Wesley Dodds. Right. Who has all the same powers as the Sandman, right? He's got the little sand, and he's pocket sand, he puts you asleep. Night-night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why he wears the gas mask, to prevent himself, himself yeah. getting, getting hurt by, or getting affected by it. Uh, so Wesley Dodds, the Sandman, number one. Uh, 
will be written by Robert Venditti with art by Riley Rossmo, which I am very excited about. He's a weird kind of Picasso abstract type of artist, and some people don't like it at all. And I understand why some people don't like it. I love his art. I think his art is so weird and awesome. It's just so colorful and pops, and it's so vibrant. I just love it. So he's I'm excited like, about get, that. He's like, I get good and stoned, and I fucking read that book. I do. <laughs> they're pitching Sandman as a... Uh, they're pitching Wesley Dodd Sandman as a crime noir yeah. story, which also I think Riley Rossmo uh, is going to be great at telling through the art uh, so yeah, I'm just I'm really excited about that. The second of the new series launching uh, is Jay Garrick, The Flash. Mm-hmm. Now Jay Garrick, if you're unfamiliar, was the original Flash. All of these characters were the original Justice League. They were called the Justice Society, but that's what they were: a Flash, Green Lantern, uh, uh, oh, Our Man, weird characters, Elastic Man, or it wasn't Plastic, Plastic Man? One Man. Of them? Yeah. Our man was literally a guy that would put this little patch on his arm and he would get superpowers for one hour. <laughs> Thank God. And that's how it worked. Talk about League of Regrettable Superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the second series is Jay Garrick Flash uh, being written by Jeremy Adams uh, with art by Diego Altrugi, which I'm not familiar with. I don't know who that is. Don't know who that is. Maybe he's uh, a new guy. I do know Jeremy Adams. Um, but again, that's another one. The, the third and final series, the one I am the most excited about, is Alan Scott, The Green Lantern. Alan Scott was the original Green Lantern. He has a ring, but he wasn't part of the space cops. His power came from an ancient meteorite that had fallen to Earth called the Star Heart. Uh, so he didn't have to recharge his ring. The ring was its own power source. He had fashioned the ring from the star heart. So as long as the star heart exists, he, oh, his ring always has power. Now, they played that up with some interesting things. Oh, the star heart's gone, or oh, it got destroyed. Oh, now he has no power, whatever. But he's, he's the Green Lantern before they turned it into space cops. Uh, his nice. ring would not affect wood. It could not alter or move wood at all and the color yellow thing actually came from him as well because he had a he had a, a arch nemesis called gold man oh my god who dude. was colored entirely yellow and he had a gun that turned everything gold jesus christ and he couldn't affect yellow <laughs> no wood and no yellow no those wood the, and no yellow those are the two man uh, so Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, is being written by uh, Tim Sheridan with art by Sion Tormey. So I'm just excited that not only are we bringing back uh, classic Justice Society characters, but we're going to see them interacting with modern DC characters. That'll be interesting. Right? This, this time travel, this wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff that's going on in the Justice Society miniseries, maxi-series that's going on right now. Ultimately, I think based on the fact that we're launching three new series that are part of the modern DC right. comics, we'll end up bringing these ancient dudes into the future and, and we'll have a new Justice Society team made up of the three, three of the core founding members and other people. Some other folks. Who knows? <laughs> and Archie. Archie's going to show there's up. <laughs> there's been no preview of the new Justice Society book. But, uh, again, there's not much else, right? I mean, there's... Uh, the Wonder Woman book has number two. Um, it's being written by Tom King. I'm actually pretty excited about that. Um, 
if you're unfamiliar, Tom King definitely has a penchant for similar to guys like Jeff Johns and Jonathan Hickman. Take things that have gotten a little formulaic and throw all that shit out the window and do his own thing. <laughs> he recently did books like uh, Miracle Man, kind of bringing Miracle Man uh, back into the fore. Strange Adventures was an awesome maxi series. He did about Adam Strange. He did a Rorschach book that took place in the modern day. Oh, that's fucking cool. And it was about a, a killer who was wearing the mask of Rorschach and like using the name of Rorschach and this like detective is to investigate it. And it goes into this weird conspiracy. Do you know, in the aftermath of Watchmen, people got really scared about squids. Like there was a whole cult that popped up, which just makes total sense to me because if it's the real world, that shit would definitely have happened where, <laughs> where we were training people with like real squids on the best way to kill squids so that when the squid aliens came down to destroy us, we're ready, man. We've been killing squids for 20 years. We got this. We're ready to kill squids. Son, it's time to begin your training. It, it was. Come like, to the fish tank. Oh, serious. That's literally how it was, was going down in the book is this whole cult of people who thought that the first squid they saw at the end of Watchmen was just like a scout and a whole That's squid army was going to come to Earth. It was hilarious. Amazing. <laughs> um, but the person who's wearing the Rorschach mask now is obviously not the original Rorschach. He got right. turned into an actual Rorschach test by Dr. Manhattan at the end of Watchmen. Um but this person's kind of twisting and kind of perverting what Rorschach and uh, you know stood for, right? And so yeah, this this cop goes to investigate, and it, it winds around to one of the most amazing twists I've seen in a comic book in a while, right? When I got to the end of that book, I was sitting in a store. I was sitting in my store, reading that book. People were in the store. They're walking around. I'm reading the book, and all of a sudden, I just went, "Nope, in way." <laughs> I turned the page. I was like. Holy shit! You know, it was one of those things where I was just like, I did not see that coming at all, and it's great. And then it recontextualizes so many things. If you go back and read the story again, knowing this information, everything changes. Everything about how the story unfolds for you, the audience member, who now has foreknowledge of the end, yeah. every moment changes. You're now looking at every moment differently and going, well, what about this moment was foreshadowing that? Oh, that's fantastic. Because they were there. The foreshadowing moments were definitely there, but we didn't see them. It's like the sixth sense. Right, right. When you got to the end and you found out Bruce Willis is a dead guy, he's been a dead guy this whole time, and you go back and you watch the movie, that's it recontextualizes. Why the was hot. Yeah. It recontextualizes every scene of the movie, and yeah. you're now looking at everything differently. And that's right. how the book was. It was really good. Uh, but so. Uh, that was a big roundabout way of saying I like Tom King a lot. And he's a really good storyteller, and he's about to take over Wonder Woman. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, like I said, Superman 850. Uh, I, you know what? I was I was actually thinking about this when you were talking that, talking about that. I think Amazing Spider-Man has to be close to that same spot too, because they ended it yeah. at Amazing Spider-Man 700. Did Superior Spider-Man, and they picked back up. That was fucking six years ago, seven years no, ago. No, no, there already have been some anniversary issues of Spider-Man. I don't remember what they were, but okay. they've done some. Whenever they, they get to a big a milestone, big number, yeah, they, they go back. Put it yeah, legacy yeah, number. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Put the legacy number there. Marvel's doing a thing where like all the books have their issue number, but then right below it have the legacy number. Huh. Which I think is kind of cool. That's it cool. kind of allows you to keep track of you know that's how a, long. That's a fucking story. smart way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one another thing I wanted to talk about uh, is so Batman Superman 
you know, again, I'm a weird DC fan, uh, but Batman Superman books are sometimes really great, sometimes not so great. And right. and even within the story that Mark Wade is telling, right? Mark Wade's been writing this book for 20 issues. It's been great. It's been a really interesting story. It's kind of done some different things. It tied into some different things, but we're now getting to a thing that I think Mark Wade has got to be excited about. Um, there's cross, I mean, there's always cross dimensional, you know, we're going to go to a different universe. We're going to meet different versions of ourselves. The Batman and Superman of the regular universe are about to cross over with the kingdom come universe, shit, which was written by Mark Wade. Uh, so he's returning to his universe, his universe, uh, where he de- he designed who these characters are in this universe and how they interact with each other, and he's going to have to like grok that now with the regular Batman That's and Superman exciting, that kind of have cool. their own histories right. and and different people have kind of uh, done over the years. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. That is another interesting one. Um, but yeah, a lot of the stuff, like I said, is just continuations of uh, certain things. There's an Aquaman Lost Kingdom special one shot that's coming out. that's going to bridge the gap between the Aquaman movie and the lost kingdom, which is the sequel that hasn't come out yet. The, you know, that's good. Jason Momoa. And, you know. Yeah, no, that's I, that first movie was cool. I liked it. It was all right. Yeah. yeah I, I thought it was, yeah, cool. I didn't, I honestly, out of the last few DC movies that I enjoyed that more than most of them. Uh, you want to feel old? Nope. Superman died 30 years ago. That's fucked up. We and don't returned. talk about that. Yeah. 30 years ago. Uh, so Jesus. one of the things we're about to get here, we did a death of Superman 30th anniversary special a couple months ago. Uh, yeah, a little more than a couple, I think four I or five come back to life and now return of Superman. Oh, we'll get its man. 30th anniversary special with covers that feature all four of these ridiculous guys. Oh man. These ridiculous guys. You got steel, you got eradicator, you got cyborg Superman and you got old lady sunglasses, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Eradicator Superman. And you got Superboy, edgy Superboy with his, like, collar popped and his sunglasses. <laughs> he doesn't have sunglasses in the picture. I don't understand. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Uh, a new Batman Black Label book uh, called Batman City of Madness. Black Label, uh, if you're unfamiliar, is a way to free writers from continuity. It allows them to do Elseworlds-type stories that don't really have to fit in with what is currently going on and they can kind of just do their own thing. Um, But this is the first time we're seeing someone besides Snyder uh, and uh, other writers in the new 52 bring the court of owls into a story. Court of owls kind of came and it was important and it had little kind of threads that kind of kept going throughout some of the other stories that were happening, but it really hasn't, it's not. Big. It's not had a big thing since. It hasn't really had a years big, ago. Yeah, yeah, big thing since Court of Owls, right. since the original Court of Owls and Night of Owls uh, crossover. Um, so, City of Madness is a story that uh, Christian Ward is doing about a city underneath Gotham, like old Gotham, Ooh. where the Court of Owls and the experiments that they've been working on for years and years uh, exist. So it, old Gotham, what they're, how they're describing it is it's a dark mirror of the world above. So there are amalgams of characters that are similar to the character that lives oh, in the world above. far more fucking evil. But, Let's go on Yeah, in. but like twisted I'm into something in. else. Yeah, that's going to be cool as shit. Yeah, so that seems interesting. 
Um, and I think that was it. I think that was it for DC. Yeah, the rest of this kind of goes into uh, trades and different things. Have you have you been picking up any of the facsimile books? I've really enjoyed that. No, I have not. But, but it's funny that you ask that because I picked that up and I started looking at the back of it. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, ooh. All American Comics uh, number 16 is the first appearance of Alan Scott, the Green Lantern. Detective Comics number 140 is the first appearance of the Riddler. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with what the facsimile is, uh, it's a reprint of an old comic uh, printed exactly as it was when it released with the same advertisements, with the same page count. So fucking cool. Nothing about the book other than the size of it because it's, golden it, age books were bigger. Yeah, it's a time machine. Yeah, other than the size of it is different. It's Everything so else cool. remains exactly the same. So fucking Those cool. weird old, like, Atlas Man ads where, like, mm-hmm. the strong guy would tell you you got to get strong or those weird uh, little little uh, ads that told you to buy X-ray specs or, or weird little things like that. Like, those are all still in there. They're presented exactly That's as they were. Amazing. Uh, they even do color grading on them to make them look retro, which I Come thought was on, really man. an That's interesting thing. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that just came out, uh, or comes out this Wednesday is Wonder Woman number one. Um, not original Wonder Woman number one when Perez took over and kind of redid Wonder Woman's origin to tell us that she was made from clay and how the Greek gods kind of all had a hand in shaping Amazon and the Amazonians and stuff right. like that. Uh, uh, so yeah, that one, uh, again, like I said, presented exactly as it was, all the old ads. That book is dark. And I applaud some of the, or I applaud the publisher for not changing things because we've seen a lot recently, and I'm not a big fan of this. We've seen a lot recently of like movies hitting streaming that get edited releases because of modern sensibilities. And I understand modern sensibilities, and I don't want to, I don't, you know, I agree we shouldn't offend anybody. But instead of changing the movie, just put a little disclaimer at the beginning. It says, hey, this features some very outdated ideas about sexuality or race relations. Right. And it's, if you want to watch, good. If you don't, don't. It, no, it's, it's important. It's important that we have that stuff out there, just at least at very minimum, so that we have an understanding of how far we've come. Where we've come from. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because if we don't, we'll surely get lost again. Yeah, exactly. People are really good at being dumb. So, so I applaud them because, again, Wonder Woman number one, it's uh, it's hard. It's a hard read uh, for modern sensibilities. And I don't want you to think that I agree with any of these old things. When I'm reading the book, I am also disgusted. But I appreciate that it's presented in its original format. Should be. It should to preserve, not only to preserve what it was, but to bring it to an audience that, like you said, can see how far we've come can see where we were versus where we are and go, look how much progress we've made. Right. Right. It's important to understand that that progress exists and that we made it. So I appreciate that. And I I like it's a awesome thing. Uh, I'm not sure which company started it, but they're all in on it now. (laughs) I think that, I think that shit is brilliant. Yeah. I think it's a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. Like I said, the rest of this is just kind of trades and reprints and, and different things like that. New trades, old trades. Uh, but yeah, that is Marvel and DC previews. Yes. I mean, so what What I'm going to say is if you guys have not had a chance to already, go to your local comic and gaming store. Yes, quite. Ask them to see the previews. Oh, yeah. Flip through yeah. that shit. They're um, free. They're free. Right. Free previews. Free preview. They give them away for free. You used to be like we used to have guys come. 
and hang out. There, there was a giant previews book back in the day. There, there's still a giant catalog. It just doesn't have. Marvel it's not and DC for this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're their own catalogs. But you can go through this book, and the, it's a phone book. Oh, they're phone books. Yeah. It's a phone book, and you can go through the. For you youngins, a phone book <laughs> was a book that had a list of phone numbers in all it. of them. All the phone numbers in your area were listed in that book. It's weird, right? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I mean, just it's you know this book of biblical proportions that you can go through <laughs> and you can become informed. The, yeah. the crazy part about it is guys would come into the shop and and they would sit down if they didn't get a copy of it and they'd be like, Hey, I'm going to look through this for a little bit, sure, an hour or two. And they would, they would thumb through that shit and they'd be like, all right, Hey, I need to order this, this, and this, yeah, add this, this, and this mm-hmm. to my pool. Yeah. It's legit. So yeah. get you some previews in your life. Enjoy it. Yeah. The big catalog, I think it's still only three bucks. It's two ninety nine. Uh, and when you buy it, you get these automatically mm-hmm. because, again, these are free, so we just shove them in the book, and if you buy the book, you get the extra. Uh, soon, Image will have a, an, an independent its own thing, thing oh, as well. Oh, that's cool. Image has recently started distributing exclusively with Lunar. Okay. Uh, so while they haven't released, uh, this Lunar releases this one, the DC one, because they, they distribute DC books now, or have been for a while now. That's a weird way to say that. But... With Image just now making the move, you can go to their website and you can look at the catalog for free. Or if you're on Pullbox, uh, you can look at the catalogs there for free. But uh, yeah, I think starting October, maybe September. I don't remember if I ordered, if there was any listing for an Image catalog. But there will be an Image catalog. It's just Image books. Uh, people like to say the big two. No, there's Marvel and there's DC. three. No, it's big three now. Image is definitely right up there. Uh, when they're dude, when their series are fucking blowing up Amazon, like it's hard to well, deny. Sure, them I mean, we, a, I think Image had a Image had a little bit of a renaissance recently with uh, new Spawn stories. Kind of Todd McFarlane took a, a a more vested interest in kind of revamping Spawn. Walking Dead was a huge television show. Uh, Invincible. Now is, a huge show. A huge yeah. show. Now, at least after the first season, I'm looking forward to the second season quite a bit. The first season's Dude, pretty good. I, I made my kid watch it, uh, 13-year-old. Oh, I was about uh, to say, yeah. you let your children watch Invincible? <laughs> that is not for kids, bro. Well, because I told him, I was like, Dude, I was like, this is a lot, but it's, it's fucking sick. I always used to say, whenever I was pitching Invincible to customers, I, was, I think I might have said this to you uh, when you were just a customer and mm-hmm. I was the clerk. Uh Invincible is a superhero book for people who don't like superhero books. You probably did. I probably did. Probably I used did. that pitch whenever someone got interested in Invincible. Whenever someone was like, what's this? It's fucking cool. It's a superhero book for people who don't like superhero books. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It has all the same tropes and, and goofiness of superhero books, but it's also ridiculously violent. Oh, my God. And at the heart of it... This father-son story. Look, Superman is doing a little bit of that now. Mm-hmm. The difference, though, is Superman's not a villain. Mark's father, Omni-Man, Omni-Man's is a, a villain. Evil guy. The Viltrumites are villains. They're the crypt. They're if Krypton didn't blow up right. and just Roman Emperor started <laughs> trying to conquer the whole universe, right? So. It provides an interesting disconnect it that does. I think we didn't even have at the time in, in Superman books. No, it didn't exist back we then. We didn't have, we had Superboy, but Superboy I, I think, was not Clark's child. I think the closest thing that we got to anything remotely like that was like a was like a one-shot or a, a short story like a Superman Red Son, where you get to see if the good guy goes bad. You sure. don't get to see a father-son dynamic in yeah. that, though. So, yeah, very cool series. 
Also, Omni Man's going to be a bonus combat character in Mortal Kombat I One. No, same with Homelander and Peacemaker. Um, so you guys need to go to entertainthegeeky.com. You can follow us on all of our social media there. Uh, if you are listening to us for the first time, be sure to like, comment, or subscribe. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us. And as always, stay geeky.